This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. Here you go. Here you go. Empowerment. Nothing personal. Word of the day. Tuesday, January 5th, 2021 is empowerment. What does that mean? That is when you feel you are in a position to exert power, either because you have misunderstood that you have that right, or you understand that you've been given that right, or you falsely or incorrectly or mistakenly have been given that right and that power, or you falsely or mistakenly believe you have that right. Athletes have a long history, as do executives, as do employees in any business, of feeling empowered is the expression we have. Here's the problem with empowerment is that if it's in the wrong hands, your organization will have a big problem. So as an owner, you have to decide who you are going to empower. As a manager in your business, you have to decide who you are going to empower. Then you evaluate that person based on what they do with the power you gave them. Of course, there'll be people you come across who feel empowered, who didn't get it from you, and they do well with it. Those people get promotions. Then there's people who feel empowered. It wasn't given to them. They misuse it, and they get fired or cut or traded or released. Well, I woke up on a random Tuesday morning in 2021 thinking about player empowerment because Deshaun Watson had quite a few things to say yesterday. Deshaun Watson is the quarterback for the Houston Texans. Houston Texans, who have my favorite defensive player, J.J. Watt, the Badger, who only has one year left on his deal. And remember, he's the one who keeps meeting the media and apologizing for how horse crap the Texans have been. Well, Deshaun Watson is the leader of that team in money and in years. Just this September, he signed a four-year, $156 million extension. Actually, was it this September, Coca? The September before? Either way, his extension kicks in after his original rookie deal. Remember in the NFL, you get a four-year deal with a fifth-year team option. They picked up his fifth-year option and then signed him to a four-year, $156 million extension. Like $100 million of it guaranteed. So he'll be with them through the end of 2025. The owner of the Texans has decided that Deshaun Watson will lead his team. Well, during the course of this season, while the Texans have not been in the Super Bowl, they've not won the Super Bowl. They had, they've, you know, two out of the last three years, I'm going to say decent. Last year in the playoffs, blew a big lead to the Chiefs. 
as you may recall, which I never do. Is there anything more in your short-term memory than previous year's playoff results involving teams that you don't follow? Quick, who were the NFC wildcard games last year? Anyone? Anyone? No chance, right? You have to look it up. Thank God for Google. What did we do before Google? I guess we just argued over drinks and then said, ah, whatever, moved on to the next thing. Now you have like, do you have this where you're having a discussion with someone and you don't even give it a minute to try to think, which is why all of our brains are atrophying so badly. You don't give a minute to try to go through the Rolodex in your brain. You go right to the Google. I know who was in the NFC wildcard. Hold on. Let me get my brain. This is the brain. So Deshaun Watson watched Bill O'Brien get fired this past season. He was the coach. He was the GM. So he had power. Fire. They brought in Romeo Cornell. Remember that? The interim. Well, now they are knee deep in another search. And Deshaun Watson had the following to say about it. He said, we just need a whole culture shift. I'm going to stop there, actually, Coca. I was going to read the whole quote. There's several things I don't want players to say publicly because it reveals the zits that we have in our organization. I don't say warts because warts keep coming back, right? No matter what you do to a wart, you can put a Band-Aid on it, you can get the medicine on it, but they come back. With a zit, if you properly take care of it, have a little personal hygiene, get a little older, get a little more experienced, you got a shot, right? When someone says we need a culture shift, that is a straight F you to the front office and to the coaching staff and to everybody on the executive side of the team. And the reason I don't like players thinking that is that that gives one iota of a thought to our fans and our sponsors that maybe, just maybe, we're the problem. And the whole goal for any employer, for any team president, is to make sure that when things are going well, it's us. When things are going badly, it's them. I did it with our owner, right? When things are going well, I want him to have the credit, which he deserves. When things are going badly, I'm going to take the blame, whether I deserve it or not. But when you say a culture shift, it really is, you know, we're not about winning here. The front office doesn't care about making sure that we're in the best possible position to win games. I just find that offensive. He then went on. We just need new energy. We just need discipline. We need structure. We need a leader so we can follow that leader as players. That's what we need. Holy crikeys. If Bill O'Brien went to bed last night thinking that he was a good coach, he woke up saying, wow, I missed the mark and I missed it significantly. When a head coach is not putting the proper structure, the proper discipline in, that usually comes after a tremendous amount of winning. Think Joe Madden, who is the king of no structure, no discipline. Let players be themselves. Let them show their individual side. But if we're not winning, rein that in. Bring in Girardi. Bring in David Ross. So what Deshaun Watson was saying is, translation, we need someone the opposite of Bill O'Brien. Then Watson said they had a conversation with Cal McNair, the owner of the team. And he said, I want to talk about the open coaching role, the open GM role. 
I want to make sure that our offensive coordinator is returning because we had a horse crap season, but I was good. And then he quoted himself as saying, we've all got to be on the same page. Too many different minds, too many different ideas, too many people thinking they have this power. And it's not like that. We need someone that really who we need someone who stands tall. And this is who we follow. And this is the way it goes. So what he's saying is too many people don't know who has the real power. Let me be clear. Raise your hand. I have it. My name is Deshaun Watson and I'm empowered. You're going to pay me that money. I'm going to lead you to the promised land. You hire who I want you to hire. They need to be the type of coach I want you to hire and do it now. It's a very dangerous, slippery slope for any owner to go down. I spoke to players during my years. Hey, what do you think of this? Hey, can you imagine Gary Tuck, our old catching coordinator? What a nightmare. Maybe he was in the, he was in the big leagues. Girardi made us bring him. And he was an absolute shit disturber every minute he was there. And he knew it. He and I talked about it. Did it on purpose. So you ask players once in a while, hey, you know, what do you think? We're looking at doing this. I told you that we empowered Giancarlo Stanton when we were trying to decide whether to trade for Mike Fears. Fires, I get it wrong every time, Coca, every single time. I think it's Fires the guy who hit him in the face in Milwaukee. And he said, don't do it. There's going to be a fight in the clubhouse. I took that to Jeffrey. I took that to our GMs. I took it to the manager. We talked about it and we decided to stay away. There are other times when you empower a player and it goes amok, which is why I go back to where we started this show. When empowerment is your word of the day, it's up to you to get it right. Because we have a habit of empowering the stars. Sometimes it's the role players. Sometimes it's the guys who don't make the most money. Sometimes it's the guys who actually are the perfect conduit, like a Martin Prado, the perfect conduit between all clicks in the clubhouse and the manager and front office. Sometimes you empower players and you get it right. Sometimes you empower the same players and you get it wrong. The key to success when you are running a team is to be flexible. Once you empower someone, if you got it wrong, you have to communicate with that player, player, explain, hey, here's why I'm taking your power away. And that's what McNair is going to have to do with Watson. If he goes with a coach or a change of offensive coordinator, because sometimes when you're hiring a new coach, you want to empower that coach to bring in his or her or their own offensive coordinators. So if you're going to do something against what Watson has now been so public about saying, you go to him before the press conference, you make sure the coach you want to hire has spoken to his star player, gotten buy-in, so then you don't have to deal with quotes after the fact about how disappointed that it's not a person of structure or discipline or a leader. Word of the day is empowerment. Well, I'll tell you, the, uh, there were those, some more coaching changes yesterday. I, I guess the Monday ended, and now there's going to be no more coaching changes. I guess the rule in football is if you don't fire the Monday after the last Sunday of the season, then that's it. You can't fire anymore. 
But I guess if you're in the playoffs and you lose a playoff game and the owner really wanted you to win the playoff game, I guess there could be a playoff coach who's fired. Coca, is there a recent? There's no way you're going to be able to have this off the top of your head. I'm wondering whether, because I didn't know I was going to mention this or even think about it, because boom, I had a synapse that just went off. How many NFL coaches in the last two years have been fired after playoff appearances? I mean, who would ever fire a coach or manager after making the playoffs? It's completely insane, right? So the Los Angeles Chargers fired their coach. And we talked about during the show that Doug Marone got fired yesterday, the Jaguars coach. We have the statement from Christopher Johnson when Adam Gase was fired. We didn't have the statement from Shad Khan. I spent some time going through and translating and, and explaining to you that statement yesterday from Chris Johnson. I got to tell you, the Shad Khan statement is not as good as Chris Johnson, but it's definitely sponge worthy. He said, by the way, can I let that go, Coca? Do you have any idea what that was? Please get in my ear right now. Do you know that expression when something is sponge worthy? No. So the it is from a uh, episode of an old show called Seinfeld. And that was Elaine. So we talk about things, Coca and I, about being show worthy. And when Coca's not in my ear, he's furiously looking up different facts. And he just somehow came up with the fact that Jim Caldwell was fired by the Detroit Lions in 2016 after making the playoffs. Okay, so it's happened in the last five years because we're on the five-year anniversary of that. So anyway, so Shad Khan made a statement that is definitely show-worthy. I am committed and determined to deliver winning football to the city of Jacksonville. Thankfully, thank heavens. I was worried he was going to say, I wasn't committed, but now I am because we fired Doug Marone. I'm not really been determined during my time owning a team, but starting right now, you think I've been focused on London? Nah, we can't, our passports are toilet paper. We're not playing in London. I'm focused on Jacksonville and I'm determined to deliver winning football, not just football, but winning football. Realizing that goal requires a fresh start throughout our football organization. And with that in mind, I spoke this morning with Doug Marone to express my gratitude for his hard work over the past four seasons as the head coach. So when you're firing a coach, you don't start with, thank you. I feel so much gratitude toward you. I love your family. You've got a first-class family. And you know what? You are so well-respected in this game. I'm a little verklempt. I just want to show you gratitude. Well, Shad, thank you so much, but why are we meeting today on the first Monday after the season? Oh, that's right, because, Doug, I'm committed and determined to deliver winning football, and you won a game. Oh, but, but Shad, we were tanking for Tua. No, no, that was last year, Doug. I mean, I meant we were tanking for Trevor. We did exactly what you wanted. He then continued. Shad did. I'll always appreciate Doug's passion, grit, and class. And I'm confident he will enjoy success in the next chapter of his career. 
Why do you have to say that about people you fire? If you're confident he's going to have success in the next chapter of his career, but you know it's not going to be as a coach, but as a coordinator, just say it. I can't wait for him to be successful at a role that he's much more suited for, and that's being a coordinator on a coaching staff with someone who I hire who's going to be way more committed and determined like I am to bring winning football to the city of Jacksonville. As the search for our new GM continues, now the quest begins to find a head coach who shares my ambition for the Jaguars. What kind of rude statement is that to make about someone who's worked so hard with passion, grit, and class? Don't you think someone who has passion, grit, and class would share your ambition to win? Oh, that's right. Doug Marone had no interest in winning. He purposefully went 1-15. That was the plan, Stan. It's laughable. Who writes these statements, Coca? I just, I really don't have an answer for you. So wait to see is when we tell you something's going to happen. We did a bunch of revisits yesterday. We've got to wait to see for today, January 5th, 2021. The Jaguars are going to hire a head coach. I think I may get that one right. The Jaguars, when they open the 2021 season, will have a head coach. That's not the real wait to see. The wait to see is they're going to find someone who's got Doug's passion, grit, and class. We're going to find someone who shares Shad's ambition. We're going to have a fresh start. And the head coach will have previous NFL coaching experience. You wait to see. He's not hiring any of these first-timers. N-G-T-H. Not going to happen. Well, there's other news in football, and this came in the form of a question. You know what I want? (laughs) I want to talk to Samson. So you want to talk to Samson. Okay. I'm here. Coke and I got nothing else to do. There's a movie called Half-Baked for all the new listeners because I've had a few people ask me about this segment. So You Want to Talk to Samson's from a movie. Dave Chappelle's in that movie. And we say that anywhere between 1 16th and 15 16th baking is required prior to watching Half-Baked, depending on the day of the week, the time of the day, the day of the month, the month of the year. In that, many characters want to speak to David Sampson. And when you do want to speak to David Sampson, you go on Twitter, David P. Sampson. You hit follow, and then you ask a question. And if it's trending or cool or interesting, or it attracts my very much ADD-style attention, and I don't throw that around poking fun at anybody because it absolutely sucks to have it. Wait, what were we talking about? Coca? The, um, yes, so you want to talk to Sampson. Here's the question. John Elway is taking a, quote, elevated position with the Broncos, but will still remain their president of football operations. How can both be true? Is this actually a demotion? And was it his decision or the owner's? All right, what happened here? John Elway, the former quarterback, Hall of Famer for the Denver Broncos. He then joined the front office, I want to say, after 2010 or maybe in 2010. He led them to four straight division titles when he started. Remember, he was part of the uh, Peyton Manning signing. Peyton Manning brought them to the Super Bowl in 
uh, Super Bowl 50. I think they won Super Bowl 50. They had a great defense. He drafted Von Miller. Since that Super Bowl appearance, if memory serves and the phone is accurate, they haven't made the playoffs since. They've struggled. They had another bad season. Their ownership is in turmoil. The patriarch of the Bolin family died in 2019. The kids have been fighting ever since about who's going to be the controlling owner. Has there ever been a greater commercial for the concept of estate planning? For the love of God, please don't worry. Kids will never fight. Everybody says that. So the bowling kids have been fighting about who's going to run the team. Meanwhile, John Elway has been running the team into the ground. Before they got six and a half feet under, they've made a change. And what John Elway did is he said that he had an opportunity to grow into a position that he wanted to grow into. So let me explain the difference between baseball and football. In baseball, when we promote someone from GM to president of baseball operations, the president of baseball operations is the GM, but we move him or her up to that title so that person is happy and doesn't get poached by another team. We then get to elevate an assistant GM to the role of GM so that person can't get poached and is happy with the new title. In every circumstance, the president of baseball operations has the final say and is the de facto GM. That's how it's always been. Kenny Williams of the Chicago White Sox was moved to president of baseball operations and claims to this day, hey, Rick Hahn runs the show. What it really means is Rick Hahn has to deal with the media. Rick Hahn has to do the dirty work that Kenny Williams would rather not do, has to make calls he doesn't want to make, has to deal with lower-level arbitration, has to deal with lower-level free agents, trades that don't matter in his mind on the minor league level. But anything that's hot and sexy, count this guy in. That's exactly what's going on here. The Broncos are going to hire a GM. And according to Elway, the GM will make all football decisions, working in partnership with Coach Fangio, controlling the draft, free agency, the roster. John Elway said, I knew there was going to be a time at some point in time. This was a position I would hopefully move to. It gave me the opportunity to move up, and I think it's the right time for me. He then goes on to talk about how the fact that he's a seven-time grandpa at the age of 60 and wants to spend more time being a grandpa because it's cool to be a grandpa. By the way, you had me at grand. I'm good. But don't say you're moving up. Say you're going full Billy Joel, Anthony's song. You're moving out. It seems such a waste of time. But that's what it's all about. Because baby, if you're not moving up or moving in, then I'm moving out. John Elway was told that he would no longer be in position to make those decisions. He didn't decide it was the right time. It was decided for him. But when you have your Hall of Fame quarterback, the absolute hero of the city, when you hire him, you know very well that when it's time for him to be fired, he will not be fired. He will be told that he will need to say, I am stepping away. I want more time with my family. There is no way that anyone who's not named Derek Jeter would take 
the star of a franchise, the symbol of a franchise, and jettison him with the trash. It's an absolute right move for the Broncos, even though there's going to be an ownership change shortly, I would assume. That's how these fights generally end. They just sell it and split the money amongst the kids as opposed to choosing which kid will run it. Only in very certain situations does it happen like happened with the Lakers where Dr. Jerry Buss passed away and his daughter, Jeannie Buss, took over. You saw the issue with the Steinbrenner family where George Steinbrenner died. You had Hank and Hal. Who's going to run it? How's it going to work? It was both. Hank has since passed away, but Hal ended up taking over because Hank just didn't work out. You want to be clear. This couldn't be more clear. He may be their president of football operations, but this is a demotion, but you can't demote your star, period. Was this a decision of the owner? Hmm. By the way, Coca reminds me, correctly so, that Jeannie Buss, by the way, took her brother to court and fired him, which means that Dr. Jerry Buss also could have used a wee bit of estate planning. Thank you, Coca. By the way, we do this show. It's worth saying in 2021, because in 2021, with, the, with online and with all the different shows, you know I'm appreciative of your loyalty. I love the fact that you download and subscribe to Nothing Personal. I love that you go on the YouTube channel, Nothing Personal with David Sampson, and hit subscribe. I really appreciate the growth of the show. But you know how we deliver this to you. Coca and I spend time each day going over topics that we think make sense for the next day's show. We then review it in the morning. We have meetings where some topics make it, some topics don't. We have an argument, we don't. Then we do a show. But this 45 minutes that you give me, which I'll never take for granted, never, and I never say never, I will never take you for granted for giving me 45 minutes of your time, the only commodity you don't control and can't buy more of. You know we just do it, and it's yours. And I make mistakes. So you get to me with corrections and I will get on the show and correct things. When I say something wrong, tell me and I'll correct it. Coca correctly corrected me faster than usual. I can't believe Jerry Buss did that. I really can't. By the way, a special shout out to CBS for getting Coca a new laptop. Because this new laptop that CBS got him, as we enter the home stretch here with CBS, Hopefully not. Hopefully, yes. Hopefully not. Maybe not. Definitely not. Will it be? Will it not be? Am I going to do like a a five-minute video where I'm going to get teary-eyed? A lot of people changing, going different places, different directions. But there's been a capital investment in Coca, and it paid off in show one with the new laptop, with Jenny Buss taking her brother to court and firing him. God, that sucks for Thanksgiving, doesn't it? When we come back, we are going to talk about August Wilson's new play that was made into a movie that stars Chadwick Boseman in his last role before his tragic death. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom on the other side of this break, and we will, of course, acknowledge the fact that my pick of the day from yesterday sucked. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? 
That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to Nothing Personal. My name is David. You found us. I don't think, does it work on a podcast where you can by accident find someone? Or on a video, on a YouTube show? On a, on a TV or video audio show? You know, it used to be, hey, thanks for finding us. Like, you went through the channels. You went through the guide and, ooh, there he was, boom. Well, I guess it's possible you'd find us, but would you find us in the middle of a commercial break? I think you'd have to be listening beforehand. So I'm just going to say not thanks for finding us. Thanks for staying with us. Part of this show is we get to review a movie or a TV show every day. I watch a movie every day. I've been watching a movie every day for I don't even know how long. 20 years for sure. No matter what. It is so great not to sleep. But the one advantage, by the way, that was a sound effect that did not come from the new laptop. That was an attempt at me to tell you that it is not great not to sleep. The bane of my existence. Is Bane the character from The Dark Knight? Like that crazy looking guy, Coco, with the mask on, I think could have been played by Tom Hardy. I don't think that could be right. But if it is, the bane of my existence is the lack of sleep. But I do get to watch movies. I was on Netflix and watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. I had to see Chadwick Boseman's last performance. August Wilson is an incredible playwright. You may remember we reviewed, although I can't say that. You may not remember because there's been 284 episodes. So I don't exactly know if we reviewed Fences with Denzel Washington, which was a uh, very difficult movie to watch, to say the least. Also based on an August Wilson work of art. So is Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It is about uh, with uh, Viola Davis and they are... They're not really competing, except Viola Davis is a jazz singer and Chadwick Boseman is a is a instrument player. And I'm I'm blanking on the instrument. I want to say it's a trumpet, 
It's not a trombone. It's not a saxophone. I think it's a straight up trumpet, actually, Coca. And he has his view of his role in a band. And Viola Davis has her view of her role in the band and what her role is as a superstar. And it is about the relationship interband, intraband, and between people who own venues and those who play in venues. It gets dark and it gets sad. It gets shocking. I had not seen this play before. I had not known where the story was going to go because I don't read reviews. The only thing I can tell you is that we owe it to Chadwick Boseman to watch this movie on Netflix because only after the fact do I look back and say he probably was unbelievably sick during filming and the performance that he gives is spectacular. I believe that he will win an Oscar for this performance in the supporting actor category. The problem with it is that people are going to compare it to Heath Ledger as a posthumous Oscar and say that that may be a factor. And that's insulting to his performance in this movie. Don't give someone an Oscar because they're dead. Give it to them because they deserve it. Watch Ma Rainey's Black Bottom and decide for yourself. How many of you have gotten caught on Twitter or on Instagram or on Facebook with disseminating information that it turns out is not actually true? I'm just curious. So Coca's caught me several times where I've asked him a question where I've said, my God, look what's going on. Hey, we're putting this in the show. Hey, I'm going to retweet that. And it turns out that I've gotten caught because I didn't pay close enough attention to the source. The reason why Twitter does white checks is that they want to ensure that if there's a tweet coming from someone who is, quote, white checked, that means, Coca, it's not a blue check. Coca, go on Twitter right now. It's a white check. No, it's a blue background with a white check. Anyway. He's telling me it's called a blue check. Oh, okay. Well, I'm calling it a white check because why would I call something blue that's not blue? In any case. So why are you telling me this, Coca? Is this really important for the show? Could you get out of my ear? Get out of it. Hello, Coca, get it. I don't care. Okay. So I've gotten in trouble before. What's going on in this world right now, and you've heard me mention this on Nothing Personal, is that we came from a time only two decades ago, which is nothing, where as a team, we would control information and when it would be disseminated. If we had news, we would hold it till late in the day and try to miss deadlines so it wouldn't be in the paper. Or we would, if we had something good, we'd make sure it was available for the five o'clock, six o'clock, and then 11 o'clock news on TV and make sure we hit the deadline for every paper because we knew the deadline for every national paper like the USA Today, for every local paper like the Miami Herald or the Fort Lauderdale Sun Sentinel. Then all of a sudden, that entire concept disappeared when the news cycle became 24 hours. 
Then we moved to a stage where people felt like it was critical to be first because it got you credit. Have you ever been on Twitter and people say, Matthew Coca signs with CBS. John Doe had it first. So you got to give credit, right? Jane and Jack Doe also had the length of contract. You know, that type of thing is what we're seeing often. According to reports, the sky is blue and the sun will set today. God first with that news. Yesterday, one of the coordinators for the Dolphins, his name is Gally, second name. First name is Chan. He got fired. We know this because it was reported on Twitter by Adam Schefter. And then there was a story about it on ESPN. So what happened was, which often happens at CBS, when we do something on Nothing Personal, there'll be an article on cbssports.com. Samson and Coca say that the sun may set in the West two weeks from yesterday. On his show yesterday, David Sampson discussed the sunset. And that article gets generated and then put on cbssports.com. At ESPN, there are people whose job it is to monitor when Adam Schefter or someone tweets something and then take it and make it into an article and get it out now. You don't wait for a deadline. You don't run it by anyone. You get it out you hear that bang? We had a pre-show sound check and I was tapping because I have nervous ticks left, right, and center. And Coco was like, what is in my ear? Do you hear that, Coca? That was actually a small creature. And I wanted to pretend that I was practicing the bang at the same time. Small creature on my desk. Anyway. So ESPN comes out with the article and then what happens? Word comes out that, wait a minute. He may not be fired, but yet all the local Miami TV stations were going with it because when a white check does it, it means it's right. Except no one looked. It wasn't Adam. It was a fake Adam. That's not Adam's fault. Just like I can't control if someone opens an Instagram account at David P. Sampson and people think it's me and sends all sorts of ridiculous messages to people. And then I've got other people texting me saying, hey, you may have a problem. And then I call Coca and Coca says, what are you bothering me for? What do you want me to do about it? Just report the problem. So, of course, I call Jerry at UTA and say, Jerry, help me. And Jerry says, I'm on it. And then three other friends take care of it. And Coca and Jerry are just sort of telling me, hey, It got taken care of. So there's fake accounts all over the place. It's up to you to look out for who's fake and who's not. But when you are an editor and you are under immense pressure, if there is a firing or a hiring or a trade or a signing and you miss it, you get judged by it. You get evaluated by it. You get paid according to how well you deal with it and how quickly you get the information up. The premium on being right has disappeared. The premium on being first has replaced it. I'd like to tell you that something like that will never happen again. 
but I'd be lying to you. And the reason I'd be lying to you is I guarantee it's going to happen again because as embarrassed as ESPN is, as upset as the local news people are in Miami for reporting something was wrong, as despondent as Adam is for having even been associated with something that was wrong, dealing with someone's job. Now, of course, by the way, Coca, total digression. If it turns out that Gelly does get fired, nah, let's not even go there. That's not even the point of the segment. Let's not confuse the issues so I don't get yelled at after the show. The next time a fake account from an insider in any sport tweets something, there will be a young person in the role of editor or who posts articles to the main website and he or she or they will feel as though they have been empowered to post. They will do so and they will get it wrong again. It's a guarantee, Coca, like the sunrise happening in the East. Nothing personal pick of the day. Are you telling me that the Warriors beat the Sacramento Kings by 79 points yesterday? I think the final score was 178 to 99. Steph Curry can play two games in a row, two days in a row. They aren't tired. And the Warriors covered, crushed, and were 0-1 in 2021. Well, we've got another pick because we're not stopping. We're only a game under 500. Kevin Durant is quarantined right now. Kevin Durant is part of the COVID protocols in the NBA because they're not in a bubble. When you are exposed to someone who tests positive, you're out. Seven days. The Nets have four games. Now, if he's asymptomatic and he tests negative continuously, he can come back that quickly. But either way, he's missing games. In a 72-game season, when you are exposed to someone who's positive, you have a chance to miss more than 5% of your season. Guess what? He's still getting paid. Now, was Kevin Durant exposed because of something he did off the court? By something he did irresponsibly? I want there to be a difference. If a player is exposed because of something that happened in a team facility, that player should not be subject to any discipline. But if a player misses games because he's exposed to someone who tests positive because he did something in the affirmative that was a violation. Indoor activity, party, anything. I don't believe that player should get paid because why should we suffer as a management? Well, the Jazz are in town. The Jazz with Rudy Gobert, the highest paid big man of all time. Donovan Mitchell, the two of them, remember, they don't get along, but now they're both signed. Good luck. The Jazz are now four points over the Nets. The Nets have Kyrie Irving and a few other role players, but they do have Steve Nash, who according, I'm just getting a tweet right now, Coca. Steve Nash has been activated and will play for the Nets tonight. Steve Nash is playing for the Nets. Breaking news here on Nothing Personal. Oh, sorry. Wait a minute. Oh, no, that was not. That that was somebody else. That was that. There's no white check there. Take it back. Don't um, edit that out, Coca. So there's no, yeah, no, do, do edit that out. I'm asking. 
I know we don't edit. We just said we don't edit. But edit the part out where I said we don't edit and then take out the Steve Nash part because I, that that's not correct. That's just someone making fun of the fact that only Kyrie Irving is left and that the Nets are favor are getting only four points from the Jazz. Yes, we will take them. It's a sucker bet, I know. We're just doing it. All right, whatever. Jazz minus four over the Nets. We're getting back to one and one. <laughs> okay. What about the NCAA men's tournament? March Madness is coming up. Hold on. I hear it. I know. Congratulations, CBS. Yes, they're coming back. Hell yeah. Show me the money. March Madness is back. It was announced yesterday that the NCAA, whose main offices are in Indianapolis, irrelevant, has chosen Indianapolis as its site for the men's college basketball tournament. All 68 teams will descend upon Indianapolis. They will go into a sort of bubble, staying in hotels attached to the convention center, dedicated floors, figuring out where they'll and how they'll practice and play games. I guess games will be played from literally 7 a.m. until midnight. They've got to find some other venues. My guess is they're going to have to bus outside of Indianapolis, right out of the city, away from the convention center. But the important part is that the NCAA found a way to put on a tournament this March. Why would they have done that? Well, buried deep in that article of excitement where people in Indianapolis are thrilled, the NCAA is happy. There was a little nugget. And the nugget said, the NCAA, comma, which lost $375 million last year by canceling their tournament, comma, has announced that they will play the entire tournament, colon, in Indianapolis. When you've lost $375 million, you find a way. They've had a full year to figure out what to do. That's probably not right. 10 months. Say 10 months, right? If you didn't start planning this, you're going to say to me, Coca, that they only postponed the tournament in the middle of last March, so they didn't start to think about it until maybe April, and now it's January, so we're going to call that just for S's and G's, nine months, whatever. It's a gestation period. In this day and age of COVID, it is incumbent, it is required, it is necessary for everyone of your businesses, for every business owner to make adjustments. It is required to figure out a plan that takes into account the safety of your employees and make sure that the possibility of getting your revenue back returns. By the NCAA choosing one location, they are guaranteeing the best possible chance to get all the way through a Final Four, which, by the way, was going to be played in Indianapolis anyway. It makes perfect sense to choose it. They needed to find a place that is capable of a Final Four just in case they're fans and that has enough hotel rooms, has enough ancillary courts that are broadcastable I don't know if that's a word. Is that a word, Coca? You can't just play an NCAA tournament in a high school gym. An NCAA tournament game has to be in a place where a network can come in and do a first-class broadcast. There's wiring required. There's Wi-Fi required. So Gavitt, who runs the NCAA, 
got together and made this decision, and he made it purposefully. Because he said to himself, I'm going to meet with my broadcast partners, and I'm going to ask them a very simple question. Will you pay us if we don't have the tournament, but we really are taking care of the safety of our players? And when told no, he said, "Uh uh-oh, we're going to make adjustments. And the adjustments we're going to make are going to require us to call all the other sites and tell them, I'm super sorry, but we're all going to Indy because it's just business. It's nothing personal. Here you go. Here you go.